You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway.
Amen. I'd like to invite our children to come forward now for our children's sermon this morning. friends, how are y'all doing? What do I have here? Candy. I got a lot of candy, right? You guys want some of this candy? I thought you might. So do you know why people have been bringing in this candy though? For trunk or treat. And uh, next week we're going to have lots of people come and they're going to go trunk to trunk and they're, and we're going to give them candy. We got this so that we would have enough candy to give everybody. Now, here's my question. Who are you inviting? Are you guys inviting friends to come, to come with you? Yes. Yeah? I hope that you are inviting friends and neighbors. I hope that you'll tell them that you really want them here. Because you know what? This is a great opportunity for them to come and to have fun and to, be, and, and to learn a little bit more about our church at the same time. So what I wanted to do this week, I want us to, good job, all right, I want us to say a prayer over this candy, and we're going to pray, this is going to, we're going to say a prayer over this candy, because we want other people to come, to have fun, and to learn a little bit more about Jesus. So, here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. I'm going to let you hold some of this candy. What do you think about that? But you got to give it back. I know, right? you got to give it back. So I'm going to let you hold some of this candy. And we're all going to pray for it. Here we go. Here's some more. Here's some more. There we go. And one more. Does everybody have candy? Okay, you well, I mean, you got to give it back, remember? <laughs> you still have to give it back. <laughs> you want to give it Okay. All right, I think that's, that, uh, we get the picture, so let's hold this, okay? All right, so will y'all repeat after me? We have, we're, we're giving this back. All right, so let's repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for the candy. Please bless this candy so that others might love you and others might learn about you. Amen. All right, thanks, friends. Now, if you'll put the candy back in here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, we are... Okay, thanks, David. Would you go sit with Pastor Jenny, please? We now have an opportunity to go to God in prayer and to lift up our joys and our concerns to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, thank you so much for coming to us, Lord, as a servant. God, you humbled yourself 
to serve us, to serve others, to be that example to us of how much Christ loves us. Lord, I pray that this, in this time we would become like you. Release our prideful sins. Release our thought of self. And Lord, we would humble ourselves to see your work, see your will in this world. Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide us to serve others by offering hope where hope is lost. God, that you would allow us to offer healing where healing is needed. God, allow us to be your peace and your comfort to those who are mourning the loss of loved ones, no matter how recent. God, we pray that you would allow us to serve others. For it's in serving others that we also serve you. And it's in serving others that we are able to do your work and to do your will in this world. God, we thank you for allowing us to join you in that work. We pray all of these things in your holy name, and we join together now in the Lord's Prayer by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you, Amanda. I remember those days. (laughs) Good to have David back with us. So we're in our second week of our journeying in loving and and serving. Uh, Last week we talked about why we serve, and today we're going to talk a little bit about how and where to serve. Our scripture lesson comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, the 20th chapter, beginning with the 20th verse. You're now God's word to us this day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons. And kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, 
and to give his life a ransom for many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I once served a country church on a dead-end street. Well, actually, I served two country churches on dead-end streets, but I'm talking about this particular one. And so we got, you know, the area wasn't, it was sparsely populated, and there weren't any subdivisions nearby. So we got particularly excited when the county built a brand-new elementary school on an adjacent street. So we began to pray and think about ways that we could reach out and serve the elementary school. So one thing we did was on the first day that the teachers and the staff uh, were in that new school, uh, we went and we served them breakfast. Another thing we did was we collected school supplies and backpacks uh, like we did here a few months back for Midway Elementary. Well, in that church was a prominent political leader in that area of the state, and he was the lay leader. He was a wonderful man, a Sunday school teacher. I got to be friends with him. One Sunday, we were uh, preparing to go into the service, and because he always did the announcements, he, he asked me about the school supply drive. He said, now, now tell me a little bit about this this collection of school supplies. Um, do we really think that because we are going to give them some school supplies at the at the at the school that they will come to the church here? What what's the reason that we're doing this? And I looked at him and I said, Oh, I don't know because Jesus told us to. Oh, he, he kind of blushed. No wonder I didn't get it. And we both kind of laughed about it because, you know, sometimes we miss the most obvious of things as Christians. We, instead of serving, we sometimes ask, well, what, what's in it for me? It's the natural thing, way in which we approach things in this doggy dog world in which we live, if I put something into this, what am I going to get out of it? If I invest myself, my time, my talents, my resources, my money, what's the payoff for me? To give without expecting something in return is countercultural, yet that is the kind of servant lifestyle to which Jesus calls us to live. Jesus had just made his third and final prediction of his death when the mother of James and John, who apparently is the ultimate helicopter parent, comes on the scene along with her sons and asks Jesus to make her dear boys the top two lieutenants in his kingdom. Let one of them sit at your right hand and the other at the left, she requested. Now, the rest of the disciples are not at all happy about the sons of Zebedee jockeying for a position. Jesus squelched their squabbling by telling the disciples that they had all missed the boat. His kingdom is not about position, but about service. 
Whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. First John 4, 19 says we love because God first loved us. We give because God first gave to us. We serve because we follow a Savior who served and gave his life for us. On his last night with the disciples, Jesus took a towel and basin and did the work of the lowliest servant, washing the disciples' feet, including those of the one who would betray him. Then he told the disciples, If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set for you an example that you also should do as I have done for you. In this act, Jesus gave us the lasting image of the servanthood that we are to emulate with our lives. Christian service is unique in that it is motivated by and modeled after the self-emptying love of God. Paul wrote in Philippians to do nothing from selfish ambition and conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Christian service is a humble offering of oneself in response to what Jesus has done for us. As Jesus humbled himself and gave up his divine authority and power for us, so we are to empty ourselves, giving up our rights and our privileges to live a life of service for him. We serve others, too, knowing that Whenever we serve those who are most vulnerable, you know, those who are hungry or naked or sick or who are the stranger or imprisoned, that when we serve those most vulnerable people, that we are, in fact, serving Jesus himself. As Jesus said in Matthew 25, as you did it to one of the least of these, You did it to me. Now, Christian service is is more than just good works. After all, anyone can do good things, right? You don't have to be a Christian to do good, to serve others. People serve, you know, for all kinds of reasons. You know, some serve out of a sense of duty or for the common good, like someone who picks up trash because they're concerned about the environment or they want are concerned about the appearance of the neighborhood. Someone else cares. Sometimes someone will care for an aging loved one or volunteer for an activity with their child because they care about those they love. But such service isn't necessarily Christians. It's common decency. It's nice to serve in this way. 
but it's not the kind of risk-taking mission and service to which God calls us. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Christian service and mission is different because it is motivated and modeled after that love that was in Christ Jesus. It does good, not just to those who we are expected to do good, those people within our inner circle, but it does good indiscriminately. Christian service is also offered with no strings attached and with no expectation of reward or recognition. Have you ever seen one of those social media posts where somebody brags about something good they have done? Maybe they, oh, y'all are smiling. You know, maybe they helped gave something to a homeless person or helped someone. And, and I wonder, you know, why, why are they doing that? You know, did, what was the reason for doing it? Are they, are they trying to encourage other people to do the same, or are they just tooting their own home? Christian service maintains a low profile. Jesus told us to beware of practicing our piety before others. So we don't call attention to our acts of service to impress other people. One couple in a church I served quietly did things behind the scenes on a weekly, if not daily, basis. The man was an accomplished woodworker, and the wife was a excellent seamstress. And so from time to time, projects would arrive, so some need at the church for um, the woodworking or uh, something to be sewn, and I would ask them if they would do it, and they always agreed to. And then they would come, and they'd be excited, and they'd show me what they had made. And then in the same time, they would say to me, don't say anything about us doing this. We didn't do it for the recognition. We did it as our service. What they did, they did as a service, an offering to God, not for any recognition. When we offer ourselves to Christian service, we give up not only our desire for recognition or reward, but also our need for control. And this may be the most challenging thing for some people. You know, serving in this way may mean that we will find ourselves outside of our comfort zone, serving in places and in ways and with people that we never expected to. But this, I think, is the place where God does God's greatest work in us when we are outside of what is comfortable to us. Here God can open our eyes and stretch our spirits 
and enlarge our hearts in ways that will surprise us. Servants give up the right to be in charge. We simply make ourselves available to be used by God for God's purposes as God sees fit. Author and pastor Maxie Dunham once said, the way most of us serve keeps us in control. We choose whom, when, where, and how we will serve. But when we become servants, we give up the right to be in charge. The amazing thing is that when we make this choice, we experience great freedom. We become available and vulnerable. And when we do, we lose our fear of being stepped on or manipulated or taken advantage of. Romans 14, 7 and 8 says, We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Because we've died to ourselves by giving over our lives to Christ, it's impossible really for us to be taken advantage of or manipulated. Because what we do, we do first and foremost, for Christ. We give freely, even as God has freely given to us. Author Philip Yancey once reflected, when I ask people who helped you most, most often they answer by describing a quiet, unassuming person, someone who was there whenever needed who listened more than talked, who didn't keep glancing down at their watch, who hugged and touched and cried. In short, someone who was available and came on the sufferer's terms, not their own. Christian service gives up the need to be in control because we serve not out of a selfish need, but out of a desire for the welfare of others and out of the love of Christ. So how are Christians to serve? We are to serve in such a way that is motivated and modeled after the self-emptying love of Jesus. We serve without expectation of reward or recognition, and we give up our need to be in charge or our need for control. When we serve in such a manner, I believe that we will be witnesses to others of the essential truth that Jesus' life, teaching, death, and resurrection are the ultimate reality that the heart of God was revealed in Jesus and continues to be manifest in the service of those who follow him. So that's how we are to serve, but where to serve. Sometimes that's the more challenging question to ask because we want to know that where we serve we are making a difference. So I'd like to talk with you specifically about service 
within the church. You know, there's some things we do simply because there is a need and someone's got to do it. After all, someone has to make the coffee every Sunday. Someone has to type the lyrics for the slides. Someone has to help the kids with Sunday school. And by the way, we never have enough help with our children. These jobs don't require necessarily any specific gifting. They just need to be done. So people make themselves available because they're jobs that the church simply can't do without someone doing. So some faithful servant steps up to the plate without any fanfare or curtain call, quietly making the coffee, preparing the communion elements, typing the lyrics, or, of all things, cleaning the the mechanical room, which any of y'all know is always a disaster. But go back there and look at it. Someone quietly went in there and spent hours straightening it up. Other services we perform because they specifically align with the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God has given us, or the skills that we have acquired over our life. We teach because we like to study the Bible, and we like to help other people grow and learn in their faith. We crochet a prayer shawl or baby blanket because we have learned that skill and we like making things with our hands. Or we become a Stephen minister because we have been given the gift of compassion. How do we know if we are really serving the Lord? I think we know it when the service brings us as much joy as it does the recipient. Now, this doesn't mean that service is always a happy and joyful experience. As Bishop Snazy says, if it was, it wouldn't have taken Christ to teach us, and he wouldn't have told us about taking up a cross. But in the end, if, if it's the right service done in the right spirit, it will ultimately bring joy both to the servant and to the one being served. The Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore was the first non-Westerner to win the Nobel Prize for Literature. In one short poem, he wrote, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted, and behold, service was joy. Albert Schweitzer, that great medical missionary of the 20th century, once addressed the graduates of a prestigious university saying this, I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I know, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who have sought and found out how to serve. A few months back, I asked Jerry Milton if he would head up our early response team for disasters. 
Um, a number of you who had been trained by our United Methodist Committee on Relief to go and be volunteers in the disaster uh, relief. So, you know, Jerry graciously agreed to take the lead on this. And I'd like for you to listen now as Jerry tells us about the opportunities that we have to serve others through this ministry. On November 7th, we'll have one combined service at 945, and it's also All Saints Day. So we'll remember those who've gone before us, and we'll also bring our commitment sheets for, for how we will support the, this church midway through in 2022 through our prayers, presence, gifts, witness, and service. So I ask you to please be in prayer about your places of service and ask God to lead you to that place that will bring you joy and service. And just remember what Jerry said. The best ability is availability. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have an opportunity to offer to God our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. At this time, if you would like to give a gift, a, a financial gift, there are offering plates at either of the doors. You can also give online. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save, I who made the stars of
have some signs in the welcome center uh, for you to place in on your lawn so that some of your neighbors might come to trunk or treat so please pick one up now may God go before you to guide you may God go behind you to direct you may God go beside you to befriend you may God rest above you to protect you may God rest below you to uphold you and may God dwell within you to comfort you now and forevermore amen been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.